Four minutes past four, let's talk wellness now. Psychological safety in the workplace and people resisting going back to the office post-COVID. Employers who recognize and prioritize psychological safety alongside physical safety in their post-pandemic operations can help employees' mental health and their own efforts to cultivate inclusive workplaces. This support can have concrete effects on critical workplace outcomes, including employee well-being, satisfaction, productivity, and absenteeism. Let's unpack with Paula Quincy, uh, life coach and relationship expert then on this uh, topic. Paula, a very good morning to you on this Thursday. Always great catching up with you. Hi, Sandra. Morning to you and the listeners. How's the week been so far? No, we're almost at the end of it. <laughs> it, well, it has been a short week um, with the public holiday, a woman's day. But yes, it's been a good week. Thank you. And that's probably another thing we're doing now, taking our public holidays and uh, the leave that we need to just rest after COVID. But how do we define psychological safety in the workplace? Well, psychological safety really consists of five components. So the one, first of all, is making it a priority and, and, and the, knowing the importance and the value of creating psychological safety in the workplace. So it must be part of the organization's culture and values and strategy. And then it involves facilitating everyone speaking up. So in other words, embracing our diversity and that we, every voice is heard. Um, every idea or contribution is heard. And it's not only from a productivity point of view, but it's also around you know, what people are, what their concerns are and what their challenges are. Then the third one is around establishing the norm for how failure is handled. You know, a lot of corporate environments, failure is seen as a negative thing, as a bad thing. And, you know, cultures talk to this as well as, as to how it's handled and the repercussions of failure. But how do we learn if we don't try and we don't make mistakes, right? Mm. And obviously that's within reason. I'm not talking about mistakes where you cost the company lots of money. I'm just talking in general about learning and upskilling and developing yourself. Then creating space for new ideas, and this is where a lot of companies are talking about they want creativity and innovation, but do they create space to have um, you know, discussions where we can brainstorm and create new ideas? A lot of companies and, and employees are feeling overworked and, and you know, the risk of burnout is real. Mm. And then it's about how do we resolve conflict in the workplace, which we have spoken about before, that if we don't have con- um, ways to, to deal with conflict or, or you know, differing views and opinions, how do we still find a way to work together and move forward? So what contributes then to these uh, different things? How failure is handled, for example? Or what should be uh, observations there in terms of contributions that need to be made? In terms of leadership leads the tone and needs to lead by example, and it's how failure as one of the components is dealt with, you know. Um, when If someone makes a mistake, it's how do we use it in a positive way with like on-the-job learning? How do we use it as a way to build people's confidence and skills and abilities and not break people down? And creating space for new ideas. You speak of uh, contributing factors there being people feeling overworked and burnt out. So on the flip side, what should contributions be to creating a space for new ideas? So what people are looking for now, and this is partly contributing to the resistance of people going back into the office, is around unproductive time and finding a balance in terms of work-life balance. So, 
to create psychological safety, people need time to connect. So we need time to have robust conversations and brainstorm and think out loud. But with the the workload that a lot of people are struggling with and work and personal hours blurring, we tend to be on the reactive all the time. We're so busy trying to catch up with life that a lot of people don't have the, the feel they don't have the luxury of time to sit and think and plan and and brainstorm and you know be creative because they're constantly trying to catch up. But also access to decision makers to, you know, and decision makers to share this is the strategy, this is the vision, this, these are the decisions we've made, this is why we're making these decisions. A lot of the time it's just pushed downwards and the communication, you know, employees don't understand why some of these decisions have been made. And, mm. um, you know, constructive feedback, open and honest and transparent communication, part of that is having their voices heard and, you know, embracing being human in that um you know, everybody has a, a skill to bring to the table and how do we bring the best out in our people that they can contribute to, to organizations being productive and obviously then profitable as well. Why the fears then around uh, returning to work post-COVID? Why are we resisting or finding resistance or, or is it a new awareness thing rather than a fear? So there's a, there are a number of factors that contribute to it. There are still people that are very fearful of COVID and don't want to be exposed or, or go into public places. So that is very real on the one hand. On the mm. other hand, people are saying, well, we've worked very well from home for two years. Why do we need to come back into the office now and lose time that we could use more constructively by sitting in traffic and commuting, as an example? Mm. Um, you know, a, a lot of companies and um have have created a space where uh, you know people are people have also realised that they have um, choices when it comes to work life balance and by working from home they have experienced more quality of life with work life balance seeing their children seeing their family members their partners their spouses whereas going back to the office that gets reduced and so mm-hmm. employees are realising that they are now questioning what is important to me in my life and quality of life and the lifestyle that a woman to lead, and does my company offer this now? And I guess we've spoken about this, you know, the new era of work and how things have changed. So uh, considering all these factors, then how do we, companies uh, make it one of those uh, consistent things, the, the things that will remain, uh, you know, what moves forward in terms of where we're going? Because this is the new way of doing things. So how do we achieve consistency when it comes to dealing with these issues of the comfort of working from home, the realization of the options that we now have, and also fears of exposure to, to disease. I think we're more aware now of how we need to uh, be more and more uh, clean and, and taking care of ourselves, our, our, our health. Yeah, so this is where companies that are implementing hybrid working models or, or whatever models they're implementing going forward, they need to build into their values and their culture as to how do we help our employees find a balance? How do we make mental health and well-being um, normal? You know, before mental health was seen as a taboo thing that, you know, someone can't cope, they can't deal with the issues. And whereas we've realized that mental health is health. And we need it. It's part of our daily existence to be able to bring our best versions of ourselves into the workplace, whether that's in the office or working from home. And how do we create a a work environment that that accepts 
and embraces flexibility and adaptability and that everybody works differently um, and that we need human connection. So, yes, it is important to connect with our colleagues and, and when we're in the office, how do we make time to have those people interactions because if I'm just going to go to work to sit behind my desk on my laptop in front of my colleague I can easily just do that as well at home. Part of this uh, back to the office uh, post-COVID involves schools you know for our teachers for our school administrative staff and I think sometimes as parents we might be insensitive to that when we think of uh, the way the nature of work needs to change we still want to be able to drop our kids off and you know and, and live that com- comfortable life when they're at school and we're at home but that is also a, an office space the, the school so are there different observations there no, i think obviously you know that the type of job is going to determine what those what that working space looks like and obviously from a school point of view um, you know, it, it's very different um, trying to teach 40 children online who have a short attention span, and it makes it more challenging for teachers. There are ways to do it and ways around it, but also kids need that social interaction to develop those social skills um, as part of their development going, growing up. And I think, you know, it's more around the flexibility that, yes, I want to go and drop my kid off at school, but I also don't want to have to be stressed and frazzled in the traffic because I'm going to be late because I have to be at the office at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. But if I can Mm. drop my kid off at school and get to the office at 9 o'clock and still be productive, then that's a completely different feeling for an employee and, and, you know, the flexibility that goes with it. All right. Uh, I think let's leave it there for now. Uh, But uh, generally, uh, how would you allay our fears around going back to the office post-COVID? I guess it will be engaging our employers um, and and also just being realistic about what we expect. Absolutely. And I think this is where employers... Um, need to have those discussions with employees and find out, you know, what their needs are and how can they best accommodate what their people want. And at the same time, employees need to need to see that, you know, we leaders and businesses are trying their best to accommodate that it's never going to be a perfect world. We're never going to get it 100%. So how do we find a middle ground where both the organization and the employees' needs are being met to the best of each other's abilities? Absolutely. Can uh, we connect with you on social media? Yes, you can. I'm on all the platforms, so Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and my website is paulaquincy.com. Thanks again for joining us, Paula. Have a great weekend ahead. You too. Thanks. A pleasure. Paula Quincy is a life coach and relationship expert talking to us in our Wellness Corner.